Hi, and welcome to the Oil & Gas Accounting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tom Weyerman, Executive Director of COPUS, the Council of Petroleum Accountant Societies. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Sherwood, owner and founder of Sherware, that provides software for oil and gas operators and accountants. If you're a CPA, an accountant, a bookkeeper, an office manager, or if you're an oil and gas operator doing your own accounting, this podcast is for you. We're here talking with the experts in their respective accounting areas to keep you up to speed on the latest accounting news, rules, and data. There is so much happening in the world today, especially in oil and gas, that affects the accounting function of a business. Our job on this podcast is to keep you up to date and help you see more, know more, and do more as an accounting professional in our field. Let's get started. You're listening to the Oil and Gas Accounting Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Warman, Executive Director of the Council of Petroleum Accountant Societies. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Sherwood, President of Sherware Software. Hey, Tom, and everybody listening. We bring you information that is of interest that matters to the oil and gas industry, and especially those of you that work in accounting. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about changes to 1099s uh, for the 2020 filing year, and we'll also discuss the new round of PPP, or Paycheck Protection Program, that was just released. And I want to give you a reminder that though some of us may be accountants and or CPAs, do not consider the information we're discussing to be accounting advice. I would say that you should check with your CPA, but most of you are CPAs anyway, so you know the drill. Yeah, Phil, there were some big changes to the 1099 filing and reporting for 2020. Recent form 1099 changes stem from the Protecting Americans from Tax Hikes or PATH Act of 2015, which accelerated the filing deadlines from the last day of February to the first to the last day of January, rather, for 10, Form 1099 uh, that include any non-employee compensation or NEC amounts. Don't you just love how Congress comes up with these acronyms <laughs> for new acts they pass? Oh, I mean, they, yeah. They've got um, absolutely. to wiggle around these uh, words to come up oh, with a, something you know, that makes we, a word. Some recent examples like CARES, coronavirus, aid, relief, and economic safety, HEROES, putting an E in the, at the end there. So healthy economic recovery, omnibus, energy, or sorry, emergency Solutions Act and Access, the American Coronavirus, COVID election, safety and security. Those are just a few. I mean, there's there's so many that this last session of Congress put out there. It's just it's it's sometimes it's kind of interesting that, you know, they uh, they pick those acronyms to kind of make it all work. Yeah, I bet some of the lower congressional aides just have uh, <laughs> a time. This is the one thing they get to do. Let's, let's make this to, into a word. So it's really the office really of funny. acronyms. There we go. I bet there that's somebody that's this coveted position. <laughs> I bet it's got a budget yeah. item. <laughs> okay. In July of 2020, the IRS revived a form specifically for non-employee compensation. Form 1099 NEC, or what we call 1099 NEC. This new form must be used starting with tax year 2020 for reporting what used to be box seven amounts on the 1099 MISC. Yeah, that, that form 1099 NEC was last used in 1982. And it just, it adds another step of complexity when reporting certain non-employee compensation payments that are received by businesses and individuals. Yeah, 1982 was a good year because that's the year I got married. <laughs> well, let's see, 1982, <laughs> what was I doing? Oh, I was in my early 20s. Uh, I was a graduate teaching assistant in my master's program. Oh gosh, what a much easier and simpler time that was. <laughs> yes, um, it was. You know, I, I, I joke about this a little bit, but I remember teaching computer programming on a pet computer and I can't even remember what PET stands for, but 
the storage mechanism, and, and you'll find this funny, Phil, because you're, you're an IT guy, but the storage mechanism was a cassette tape. It wasn't even a, a floppy or anything. We hadn't even progressed to that point yet. But yeah, <laughs> I remember taking this this big box uh, that that, that kind of all encompassing, and I took it to a middle school one day and had a bunch of sixth grade gifted students that wanted to learn. And you know, the computer actually, as you typed letters, it would it would sound. I mean, it's so you know we're talking about younger minds here, but they were really taking it all in. And I started typing O U R A Q T. Oh, that brought all the laughter in the world. It's like, oh, okay, well, enough nostalgia. <laughs> but that was that was a lot of fun, and they had a good time with it. But let's get let's get back to ten ninety nine updates. <laughs> yeah, we're dating ourselves here. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. The new form ten ninety nine NEC now handles these amounts that used to report on the ten ninety nine MISC. Box one on the new form should include any professional services such as accountants, architects, contractors. It also will contain the oil and gas payments for working interests and director's fees. Mm, this is going to be some more paperwork because royalties are still reported on the 1099 miscellaneous, I think. And yeah, now the non-employee compensation is going to be reported on the 1099 NEC. Ooh, this means that some individuals and entities are, mm, they might get two, two or more, um, 1099s maybe instead of just one. Yeah, that's true. And, and the 600 threshold still exists for non-employee compensation unless federal withholding exists on the payments made to the recipient. Let's see, that's, I, the filing dates, they, those were accelerated with the PATH Act. Non-employee compensation returns now have a due date of January 31st. This is both for hard copy and electronic filings for the 2020 tax year. The, uh, the deadline is February 1st, so interesting. Yeah, I guess uh, January 31st falls on a weekend, so it's going to be February 1st Correct. for this year. So make sure you have everything in place to handle the new 1099 NEC form. Most software vendors already have the changes in place, and as a software vendor myself, they sure make things interesting when they change forms like this. Yeah, I have a 2013 version of QuickBooks that I use in, in our business. And guess what? It's not compliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, uh, I was filing my forms the other day and I'm looking at it going, uh-oh, what do I do now? So I ran my reports and got all the information out. And I actually sat down and came up with another creative solution to, uh, to print and, and prepare my 1099 and 1096 that... Uh, my current software doesn't quite handle. So, um, you know, as I was telling a friend the other day, you know, maybe maybe I've gotten my mileage out of 2013 QuickBooks. I might need to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have. <laughs> but I, you know, having a lot of clients that use QuickBooks, we see that quite a bit. We even have some clients that try to run Windows XP so they can still run the version of QuickBooks that they have because it won't run on the on the newer Windows version. Oh, goodness. I hope nobody gets any viruses and, and we have yeah. to rebuild somebody's computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that could be interesting. <laughs> All right. Let's switch gears now and let's talk about the Paycheck Protection Program or PPP as it's known to businesses all over the country. Uh, the text of the latest stimulus bill, and this just baffles me when these things come out of uh, Congress, it was released on December 21st and it contained over 5,500 pages. Yeah, it looks like this act is going to bring some long awaited clarification regarding the deductibility of expenses associated with forgiveness on the PPP or the Paycheck Protection Loans. Uh, in short, the act provides that any, that, that any otherwise deductible business expenses incur related to that forgiveness 
shall not be denied a deduction for reasons such as forgiven loan uh, being excluded from taxable income. So I, I guess this position is contrary to some recent IRS guidance on the matter, but Again, as we've seen in this whole process from the day that the SBA started taking applications for this, I mean, the guidance has changed so many times. So again, I think your, your previous um, notice to everybody that, you know, be sure you check with your current CPA to make sure that you're, you're following the latest guidelines and things It would be good to keep in mind as we talk about this. Yeah, and I think this is uh, one thing where you know, letting your voice be heard has made a difference because the IRS came out with that ruling that that uh, they weren't deductible. And then there was an outcry from everybody. And so now they've come back and clarified. So that's good to see. Another major part of the new bill is another round of PPP loans referred to in the bill as Paycheck Protection Program Second Draw Loans. For businesses that are struggling, this is great news because you've got access to the PPP funds again. And here are some of the key differences this time and the updates for the second round. The entity must have been in operation on February 15th, 2020. Now here's the main point, gross receipts decline of 25% or more during any quarter of 2020 compared to the same quarter in 2019. If you apply after January 1st, 2021, then you can compare the fourth quarter, 2020 to the fourth quarter, 2019. So that's nice. If any one of those quarters, you were 25% down in gross receipts, then you are eligible to apply. But you still have to have fewer than 300 employees that reduce the limit from 500 from the previous PPP loan. And the per physical location rules from the initial PPP program still apply for NAICS code 72, which was uh, food service sector entities. One other change here too, we need to talk about is the maximum amount of the loan is now $2 million. I think 10 million was the, uh, the number before. Uh, and it looks like the average monthly payroll calculation is the same, but always again, check with your lender and your CPA on any questions that you might have as you compute that number. You can elect to use a one-year period before this, the date of the loan or calendar year 2019. So it's possible you could attain just a little bit different loan amount depending on you know, what, your, what your parameters are. For those using the next code 72, accommodation and food service sector, you know the multiple that we have for computing your loan amount is three and a half times your average monthly payroll versus two and a half percent or two and a half times. Publicly traded companies, those defined as an entity that is an issuer, the securities of which are listed on the exchange registered as a national securities exchange under section six of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934 are not eligible. The covered period starts on the loan date and can be eight weeks or 24 weeks. That's the same as it was before. In March 31st, 2021 is the deadline for that second draw PPP loan. This bill also provides simplified forgiveness for loans of 150,000 or less. Expect a new forgiveness application to be created to allow for simplified forgiveness for these borrowers. So if you're under 150,000, you'll get a simplified forgiveness application. The bill also adds some new eligible expenses you can use the funds on. It appears that if you haven't filed for forgiveness yet for your PPP loan, you can include these items in your forgiveness application. So it looks like they're backdating those so they apply to the first. For most borrowers, that won't matter since within 24 weeks, they had plenty of expenses. But for those that still had a balance left because of reductions in the 
workforce or something else, this could be a way for them to get more of the loan forgiven. The bill removes the reduction of forgiveness for reducing EIDL advance so that the 10,000 grant some companies received into that program no longer reduces your forgiveness. The bill states that SBA and Treasury should issue rules within 15 days of the bill enacted, and that determines how, how this will apply to entities that already received forgiveness. Whew, that was a lot of information. Yeah, it, it really was. But again, I'm just going to say this one more time just to be sure that we're clear. Any questions that you might have, be sure to check with your lender and or your CPA, um, especially with your lender when they're ready to accept applications, because depending on whether you're um, a qualified bank or not, some of those come a little earlier than others. So good luck if you're if you're working on this. Yes. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Oil and Gas Accounting Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. If you're doing accounting for oil and gas companies alone, you and the companies you serve are missing out. Copas provides expertise for the oil and gas industry through the development of model form accounting procedures, publications, and education. With more than 2,600 members and 26 societies, members of Copas are all over the United States and Canada. Being a Copas member means that you are at the forefront of driving change and innovations that shape accounting in the petroleum industry. Outpace the rest and learn more about our industry's best accounting practices, standards, and guidelines that will propel your career. Find out how to join at copas.org.